doing a great job, buddy. God bless you in what you do, and um, it's been a privilege to work with alongside you, and um, you know, knowing that you've got a supporter, you know, that is godly, that gives you wisdom and helps you in the things that you struggle with, and um, yeah, and do a lot not only for for our town, like you know our. Riverina, but also outside, so God bless you, Deb, and, um, and the ministry. Um, I've been blessed to be a part of it, so all glory be to God. Whew. Talking, listening to those things, you know, it gives me a, now you know that is part of my passion. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about my passion, uh, but before we talk about my passion, um, We've been in the last two weeks. We've heard um, Pastor James, Jamie's um, passion, Pastor Steve's last week, and they're all good stuff. Amen. And um, I pray that my passion will, will help you uncover your passion. Okay, because they have, um, you know, shared their lives, and today I'll share mine. But I don't want to talk about myself. You know, it's not. I don't want to boast about myself. The thing that I want to, for you to understand is it's God. You know, it's, it's the life that, that I have chosen um, to be here and to, to, to share to you my passion is because of Jesus. Because of his love for me, of what he has done for me, of his blessings upon my life. Um, and the great things, the struggles that I have persevered is because of him. Yes, I have my families with me, but the main thing is because Jesus is the answer to everything. And that's who I look up to. And that's why I love him, and I also love people. I love children. I love old people. So. To know that God does great things in your life, you know, my prayer is that we don't just keep it to ourselves. My prayer is that you use it for the benefit of others. You use it for Jesus. You use it to glorify his name. You use it for his glory. It's not the price that we get here. I want to encourage you, the prize that I'm looking forward is eternal Christ. Living eternity with him, dining with him, sitting at his table, and just, you know, being in his presence. Yes, here we can enjoy his presence here, but there is greater joy in being in the real presence of our God. That is my passion. That is why I love people. That is why I love children. Because of who God has made me to be. So let's look at passion today. My passion, this is in my own words. <laughs> Your passion can be anything that challenges you, that intrigues you, and motivates you. Who can relate to that? If you just know that today, I mean, that's something for you to take in. You know, it's something that you love. It's what you're willing to sacrifice. It's what you're passionate about. It's what drives you. 
Knowing your passion in life gives you something to build the rest of your life around. Your passion can be anything that challenges you, intrigues you, and motivates you. Contrary to the idea that doing what you love makes work effortless, a passion puts you to work. It's what you're willing to sacrifice. It's what you're willing to go for. It's what you're willing to go beyond. So let me ask you this. What triggers you? What gets you motivated? What gets you um, waking up every day looking forward to what God has planned for you for the day? What keeps you going? What drives you? The Bible reveals God's universal purpose for believers. First, the purpose is to believe Him, to know Him. And the second is to make Him known. First, He wants us to know Him, yes. But the second is for us to make Him known to others. They was talking about, you know, the life of the children. I will share, yes, children struggle. Especially where, where I've been. I'll share about my school. So many children come from broken homes. Parents are not together. They live with grandparents. They have all sorts of work. They feel like they, they're not loved. They feel like that they have nothing to give. They're depressed. How can, how can that happen to young children? They're just young. They're kindergartens. They're year one, year twos. But they all know these things. Where did that come from? The purpose is to know Christ and to make him known. God does not want anyone to perish, but desires that everyone come to repentance and enter into a relationship with him through the new birth in Jesus Christ. We see that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Jesus doesn't want anybody to perish. Jesus doesn't want anybody to be left out. He doesn't want anybody to be um, walking around and having no hope. That's why he said, he said he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He also says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, he says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Jesus wants us to make him known to others, to your brothers, to your sisters. Jesus wants you... To, to, to make him known to your school, to your workplace, to where you are, you are involved with. God's purpose for us is to edify each other and for evangelism. You might say, oh, these things don't apply to me. Yes, they do. You might not be a preacher. You might not be a great pastor. You might not be a great leader standing in front of people, but you have a part to play. You have a role to play. It's just as simple as saying, God loves you, son. God loves you, my friend. Are you okay, my friend? Do you need help, my friend? That's the gospel. 
That is who Jesus is. That's why he wants you to do the things that he has shown us. Because the same power that his father has given him is the same power that he has given us. Don't think that you have little to give. Don't underestimate yourself. We are created in the image of God. You have been created with unique gifts. You have your own gifts. You have your own talents. You have your own um, desires. You have greater things that people don't have. But how can you put that out? What is your passion? What is driving you? What is taking you to the next level? Are you just here to say, oh, I'm here. I have to go to work. I have to make money. I have to do this. I have to do this. No, it's, just, it's the wrong thinking. Let us change our mind and let us um, change the way we think and, and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Have that positive attitude. Lord, who, who, who can I speak to today? Lord, whose life can I help today? Who can I help? Who can I give my time today? Lord, what do you want me to do? This morning, somebody asked me, how was your week? I said, I had a great week. What did you do? I had a rest. You had a rest? Yes, I had a rest. But in, in my resting, it was not just resting just to recover from, from the things that I do, but also, you know, relying on, you know, um, just in the presence of God and just resting, letting, you know, talk to you and, um, you know, put things in your mind that can help you grow or that can, you know, prepare you for the next day. I tell you, uh, you know, I work. Well, where I work, it, it's a lot of chaos, a lot of negative things. But I wake up because I know I have to do something there. I know I have been placed in that place for a reason. I don't care about money or, or you know, what, what brings. It's good. But you know what's best? It's for people to know that there is something in this person that I want. The difference is, is Jesus, because he's the one that lives inside of me, and he's the one that I have to practice every day, putting on a brave face and saying, you know what, don't be disappointed, don't worry. I have, you know, I have negative things every day where I work. Oh, this person done this, this person, I'm not happy, I'm nothing. But you know what, you are, you are the one. You are the person in to calm the storm. You are that person because you are Jesus. Jesus has given the same authority to you. You are in that place for a special, uh, for, for a purpose because God wants to use you in those places. So you ask me, what's my passion? I'll ask you, what's your passion? Is your passion to do the, the will of God that has, um, you know, placed upon your life? Or is your passion just to live a happy life? <laughs> we all want to live a happy life, but my passion is beyond that. I look for the end price. I am looking for the end price. I'm not finished yet because God is not finished with you. God also has a unique purpose for each of us, and this relates to our abilities. It relates to our experiences. It relates to our spiritual gifts. 
It relates to our education. It, it, it relates to how we influence people. All those things, all these abilities God has given us. Those are passions. Those are purposes that God has placed in our lives. So why do we get why do we get up every day? What's your life purpose? Few people can articulate a clear purpose statement for their lives. But some people they have no hope. We get up each day because God has something needs to be done. You're a teacher, you wake up, you need to be at school. You're a pastor, you need to be at church, people want to come and visit you. Most, or some, not most, they're scared. You're a builder, you have to get up, you have to go and build something. You're a chaplain, yes? Children wants to be with you. But what is your passion? <coughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. This is Paul speaking. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart. I'll read this. If, Therefore we do not lose heart. But through our outer man, is, but though our outer man is decaying, yet your inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all, all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen. Are eternal. So, what's your passion? Uh, your passion. This passage, uh, passage provides the context for God's unique purposes for our lives, and reminds us to develop an eternal perspective, so so that we have a passion to give our lives in exchange for the things that God tells us will endure. Two things that we need to endure. The Bible says, speaking that there are two things on this planet that are going to endure. One. Is people and the other thing is the Word of God so do we value people if we take God's eternal word and invest it in people and in eternal people then we're sending them for eternity we're actually sending something ahead of us into eternity so it's not what we leave behind that is important but it's what we take ahead it's what you prepare ahead. So if you're talking to somebody, are you preparing them for, for, for eternity? Or are you just saying for this time? No. Our main goal is to look, at, look into kingdom's perspective. To what God wants. To what's the end price. Don't just look for now. There is an end price. There is a greater price that we need to, to strive to. It's enough for us to have purpose and passion, but we need to be passionate. We need to be passionate about the right things. We all must come to view this world from eternity's perspective. So with this perspective, we will place more value in people than in possessions. We need to put our trust in people. We need to put our hope 
we need to invest into people, not into the things that we have. Remember Jesus said, don't sow anything of this world that will be eaten by moth. It will perish. But if we store things up, so it's talking about kingdom, you know, if we bring people into his kingdom, that's what we need to look for. Sometimes, rather than using people to gain possessions, we need to use our possessions to gain people. We need, we will use our possessions to gain people. So if you're looking at something, you think, this is so precious to me, I will keep this. Look at your friend. Or look at the person that is next to you. Look at the person that is struggling. Look at the person that needs help. Look at the person that needs you today. Invest into them. Like what Dave said this morning, you know, it's about relationship. It's about connecting with others. Relationships are the currency of heaven. Being rightly related to God and rightly related to others. This is true righteousness. God, who loved us first, makes it possible for us to love him. Loving him makes it possible for us to love other people. So what is God saying? He's got a people that is dying. He's got a, you know, a lot of people that has no hope. He has people that in this, in this world that are not even thinking about eternity. Why? Because they're already secured in what they have. Their security is in their possessions, but that's not what Jesus said. Remember the great ruler when he went and asked Jesus, How can, what can I do to get into the kingdom of God? He said, Jesus said, sell your things, give your things out. Oh! Did it sound good to his ears? What happened? He lost the opportunity of blessing somebody and inheriting a greater reward into the kingdom of God. He missed it. But are we going to miss that? So what is your passion? <coughs> what is your purpose on being the, on, this, on this planet? Don't settle for a purpose that only includes excellence. There is something that will an, animate you, whether you're young or old, single, married, have children or not. This is not something that ends in retirement or changes according to circumstances or seasons of life. Put the purpose that God has given you by adding a spiritual dimension to why you are doing what you're doing. Then you can be sure you're embracing the things that you are worth embracing. I want to read us this verse. Joshua is mine. It's in Joshua. I love Joshua. The verse that always stands out to me that I always profess is, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 to 14. This is Caleb talking to Joshua. And I want us to hear this. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses 
the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions, while my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong as today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. If we listen to this story, this is Caleb saying, in the time that he was with Moses, he was 40 years old. I'm 40. <laughs> I'm 40 years old. But now, the time he's speaking to Joshua, he's 85, so that's 45 years later. But you know what? He didn't give up. I know maybe the furthest of us here will be about 65, 66. Maybe I'm just guessing. Okay? You're not 85 yet. Come on. So you know what? There's no, it's no giving up. Don't think because you are old you can't do anything. What drives you? What's your passion? Even you're old, you have something to give. Don't rely on on, um, you know, on your age, on how you look. <laughs> Remember, you're a child of God. You can do greater things. Abraham, God spoke to him, he's having kids, 99 years. 99. What about you? There is no age limit in the kingdom of God. There is no age limit. You will be the one that will be limiting yourself. But you know what? Jesus said, I'll be with you. I'll do the things for you if you let me lead, if you let me guide you, if you listen to me, if you follow my instructions. Because your passion can help a lot of people what you do, what you love, how you take things, it helps a lot of people. People ask me, why, why, how come you don't get angry? Why am I gonna get angry? Yes, I can get angry at the person, but we are not that. We've known the truth now. We have to be like Jesus. We have to show people the difference between the worldly people and what we have that is in Jesus. So what is your passion? There's three key in this, in this uh, passage. Three times he's believed, um, says that Caleb, 
followed the Lord wholeheartedly. He followed God wholeheartedly. He embraced God's promise and followed him with a holy abandon. Now, in his twilight years, at a time when most people might think it's too late, Caleb is enthusiastic. He's gutsy. He's passionate. I'm going to do this. He's passionate about proving what the Lord could do through one who trusted him completely. In the end, Caleb does lay hold of what which he was laid hold of. So you can do the same thing. Are you gutsy? Are you passionate? Are you going to go for it? Jesus said, when you go through the fire, nothing will hurt you. You go through the valley, nothing will drown you. You won't be burned when fire comes. But you will be only fired up for the Lord. Because you have something that people don't have. Don't underestimate your gifts. Don't underestimate your talents. Don't underestimate your teachings, your, your, your carols, your hugs, your, you know, whatever you have, your cooking. All those things. If that's what you love, do it. But remember, when you do something, you do it for the glory of God, not for your own glory. Because this is where we fall. We want people to praise us, to praise us, but it's lack of understanding of who really blessed us with the gift of cooking, of, you know, of friendship, of encouraging. So if we embrace that, the word of Jesus said, if you lift me up, I will draw all men unto you. That's him. Hey, I'm scared sometimes. So we're... Don't, don't worry about, um, you know, what, what the devil can do to you. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. That's all he wants to do in, your, in our lives. And remember, he doesn't come to his friends. He doesn't come to the people that he knows or that, you know, that indulges in his things, into the, you know, the sinful things of the nature. He doesn't go to them. He comes to the ones that are really, you know, planted in the word of God. He wants to make us fall, but he can't. So we need to take God. We need to know who we are. We need to know what we stand for. So what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about God. You say, oh, yeah, it, because he's the one that is driving me. He's the one that's getting me up and go. He's the one that's giving me the patience. He's the one that is saying, hey, help that person out. Do you think the flesh will do that? No. The flesh will say, hey, gather around these people. The flesh will say, hey, sleep, sister. The flesh will say, hey, don't worry about it. He's all right. Those are the things that will come up. We need to understand. We must guard ourselves with the word of God and the promises of God that, you know, he has promised for you. Because you have greater things. You can do greater things. Greater is he that lives inside of you than he that is in the world. So who lives inside of us? The spirit of God that is living and active. And he wants to use people. He's looking for people that is willing to do his work. He's looking for people that will exercise their faith and just step out and be there just to be with somebody. Most of the time I encourage my kids, when you go to school, look for somebody that, that is hurting or look for somebody that has no friends. 
look for people that are abandoned. Look for, for children, you know, that are that are being bullied. Be their friend. Be with them. Don't just mix with your own people. Yeah, you're used with them, but look for others that you can that you can help. That you can be a friend to. For Caleb, even though he was 85 years old, he didn't give up. He still knew what God, what God wants him, his promises. And don't think that you're too old to do anything. Dream. When we were at the conference, <laughs> we were saying, dream, dream again. Yeah, talking about uh, Joseph, how he had his dreams. What about you? Your dreams, your passion, are you going to let it die? Or are you going to ignite it and look for people that will help you? Look for resources that will help you. The things that you love and you think, I can't do that anymore. I'm too old. I can't do this anymore. You know, we make up excuses every day. We make up excuses not to do things. Or not to get past. Or not to go beyond what we have. There is no excuses in the kingdom of God. Jesus says, stand up. If you want to follow me, follow me. Come with me. I will make you fishes of men. You want to follow me? Leave everything behind. Oh, I've got to go bury the dead. Leave the dead behind. They will bury themselves. Follow me. Hold your cross. Don't look back. <clears throat> because if you're looking back, you're saying, God, I don't put my trust in you anymore. I see things that is making me happy. I don't see what you do. Do we turn back? There is no turning back in the kingdom of God. Once you say that, Lord, you are my Savior, come into my life. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. That is your journey. Bang on. Don't look back. My grandmother always used to say to us, when you start late, King George's um, ship won't wait for you. If we look back, if we take our time, if we wait and wait and wait, nothing will happen. But if you get up, make the move, just go in, just do it. And put your trust in Jesus. Lord, I'm going in this place. I don't know what's going to happen. You'll be with me. This is what God wants. That's what he will do. He, will, you, he wants people that are eager, that is ready to go, yes, I'm going in. I'm going to take all these things that are happening that is not right, and I'm going to make them right. I'm going to take these children, and I'm going to you know, put them into, into, and point them to the things of God. In looking at our schools, a lot of our schools, you know, some schools, they don't, they don't acknowledge Jesus. You know, they take, they try and take the things of God out of the schools. That's wrong. To me, it's wrong. Why? Because we are a nation that is based on faith. That is based with the values of Jesus Christ. The, the thing that blessed me when I'm in, um, when I'm at school is the values they have at school. Safe, being safe respectful, and be a learner. If 
if, you know, it encourages me to bring spiritual, you know, what the Bible says about these values to these children. So it's not only the word inside that they're listening to, but they also, you know, have, have insight from, you know, from what we believe in. So what about you? What's your passion? Are you just going to look around and just say, I don't know, Lord. If you're still not sure, have time with God. He will show you. He will show you the things that you love. I remember Pastor Steve talking last week, you know, you were small, and then, you know, there were things that you loved doing, and then when you grow, grew older, you, you know, oh, it just died out, it didn't, you know, it's not functioning anymore. But you want to go back there again. How? I can't do it for you, you have to do it yourself. Reignite that passion that you had. Let it burn. Let that flame burn again inside within your heart and say, Lord, this is where I'm heading. Be with me. Lead, lead me, guide me. Because God is looking for a willing heart. He's not looking for people that are lazy or, I'm not saying that you are lazy, but he's not looking for a heart that is, what? Procrastinating all the time. <laughs> He's looking for a vessel that is ready to take on his work. So are you ready? What is your passion? So let's come back to what is my passion? My passion is Jesus. You will say, okay, yeah, yeah, we know. But you know what? My passion is being a servant of the Lord. Being where God wants me to be. Serving Him in places that He needs me to be. Serving in places that needs Him. My passion is praising and worshipping God through singing, through dancing, through teaching, through encouraging. My passion is helping children and young people know and follow the Lord. My passion is to see young people disciplined in love and build up in Christian um, foundations. My passion is to see schools and workplaces embrace God as the living hope for all. My passion is encouraging both young and old to rise and be the light in places where hope is gone. My passion is investing and encouraging people. My passion is being an ambassador for Christ. That is my passion. My other passions, I love my family. I love traveling. I love dancing. I love singing. I love music. I love work. But what drives me is spending time with the people that are in these places giving my time for them, you know, at least helping them, knowing that there is something inside that I can give them, just being there for another person. Jesus, he never left us by ourselves. Even though we were far away from God, we were far away from him, he made that gap, he filled that gap for us. 
So what is your passion? What are you passionate about? What do you love doing? What is driving you? What is giving you the things, you know, to get up every morning and do? What, what motivates you? Every Sunday I'm motivated to come here because I love fellowship with my family. Every Sunday morning, hey, wake up, let's go. Seven o'clock, they're going, oh, it's too early. <laughs> That's my passion, I love people. I love my church family, it helps me. It helps me grow, it helps me, it motivates me to do the things that I love. It encourages me. So what is your passion? Do you think your passion is dying? Do you think your passion is, is not functioning at all? God will lead you. And God will lead you to the right people. Seek for help. Hey, I'm too scared to seek for help too. Sometimes it takes pride. You know, I know it all, but I don't. There is always room for learning. And learning from other people's experiences helps me grow more. It encourages me, it motivates me to go beyond what I have, what I am capable of. So I encourage you to. You can do the same. Don't think less of yourself. You are a child of God. You are a child of the living God. And he lives inside of you. He wants to motivate you. He wants, hey, come on, child. I am with you. Because he loves you. Can I ask everybody to stand? I want to conclude this with this verse. Isaiah chapter, chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am sent me. I'm going to read that again. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am sent me. Is that your heart this morning? Is that who you are? Are you willing to open yourself to be a vessel for the kingdom of God? Whether you are a manager, whether you are a teacher, whether you are a, a groundsman, use the gift that God has placed in your heart. Use it with all your might because it helps somebody. We are here to make a change. The word says, who is going to go for us? Put your hand up and say, I will. In your workplaces, in your school, in your, in your clubs, wherever you may be, always remember that you are not alone. And be willing to say, Lord, here I am, send me. Let me be the light. Let me be the teacher in that school. Let me be the builder in that household. Let me be the person that drives this person around. 
an open heart to God. Listen to him. He's the only one that can help you. He helped me in so many ways. I can testify to his blessings. I can testify to the great things that he has done. I have struggled so many times. But God has always been there. He has always been making a way for me. And he is a God that is never too late. He is a God that is always on time. I read the story of Lazarus. He wasn't worried about his friend Lazarus. He took his time. He spent time with his father first. So don't, you know, if you think that people don't like you, if you think that nothing is going well in your life, you know what? There might be something missing. In my experiences that when God is missing, when God is out of the picture, everything falls to the But with Him, there standing by yourself, knowing your promises and what His promises are, yes and always a yes, amen. You know, you know things will keep well. Sometimes temptations come, but it is to, you know, to help us, to encourage us, to, to persevere. It's not to pull us down. It's not saying, oh, you've done this wrong thing. Now I am, you know, putting this, um, this curse on you. Oh, I'm blaming you for it. No, that is not where our God is. He's a loving Father. And He wants the best for us. But we are the people that needs to give the best to others. Because we are His blessings. Let us close our eyes. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for your word. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for, you know, for being with us, Lord. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, what we hear today is, you know, it's things that we've been looking for. We pray that you will help us, um, you know, move us into our passion. Ignite the things that have been, uh, um, that has been uh, dead, Lord, and, you know, bring the things back to life, Lord. We have passions, we have gifts, we have talents that you have bestowed upon us. But Lord, you know, sometimes we fail, sometimes we, we feel tired, sometimes we, we lose. We lose the calling, we, we lose sight of what, what's happening and, you know, we, we do our own things. Lord, I pray that you show yourself to each and every one of us today in this place. Keep clearing into our eyes that we may see, into our hearts that we may see what is your passion, what is that you want us to do, Lord. Yes, your word says to go in therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. But you also commanded us to love, to encourage one another, to equip one another, Lord. Maybe some of us in this place that are thinking that we have no hope, yes, we have all that is in you, Jesus. I pray that you would just let every heart, you know, know that there is hope in everything that we do, and that is you. Lord, we love you. We know that without you, we are nothing. We know that with you, 
everything will come to pass because we know that our Father is always standing there, always encouraging, always waiting for us to always come back and to always, you know, ask. We want to thank you for that. We thank you for everything you have done in our lives. And Lord, most of all, we want to thank you for the things that you will be doing in our lives for the days ahead. May we be people that will bring people into your kingdom. May we look at eternity, not for now, Lord. May we look at bringing people to know that there is another life after this. There is greater things, you know, beyond what they have right now, Lord. The insecurities that we have, Lord, Lord, let them know that you are there. Your word says, cast all your cares unto me, for you care for us, Lord. Lord, what else can we do? Lord, I just pray our hopes, our plans, our ambitions, our passions. We want to give them to you, Lord. May you help us in our daily walk with you. As we live, that we may live children of faith, Lord. Children of the living God that can do greater things. We are in this world, but we are not of this world, Lord. You have chosen us. You have chosen us to be great in your kingdom. And we want to thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus.